Welcome to the Bill O'Reilly's Lies podcast. We're here with a simple mission. We highlight the lies and manipulations that Bill O'Reilly spews forth on his podcast. Today from Bill, we've got a novel theory about the First Amendment, some mind reading of opinion poll respondents, and a creative interpretation of an FBI director's legal obligations. First up, let's hear from Norm on Bill's groundbreaking new theory of the First Amendment. Thanks, Tammy. Bill had had a big fall from grace after Fox News fired him. Fox made what appeared to be business decisions. Advertisers were cancelling their sponsorship of O'Reilly's show in the wake of a scandal in which he allegedly used his position to sexually harass women. Bill seems to have a hard time letting go and moving past the experience. Take a listen to this piece in which he talks about sponsors cancelling support for TV shows. There are programs that are dishonest that are sponsored by Mercedes-Benz. You know, Mercedes-Benz is going to pull out of one, they should pull out of the other, right? If it's their opinion. they I mean, I'm, I'm saying they shouldn't pull out of any unless there's proof beyond a reasonable doubt that something untoward is happening on that television program. And I don't mean opinion. I mean proof beyond a reasonable doubt. If there isn't, the sponsor should sponsor and, and stop. Because that's, it's... This is a real way to uh, attack freedom of speech and our democracy in general. A few interesting pieces here. First, O'Reilly accuses Mercedes-Benz of sponsoring programs that are dishonest. This is not simply a hypothetical or an example picked out of thin air. Mercedes was the most prominent sponsor that pulled out of Fox News in the wake of O'Reilly's sexual harassment scandal and he's now trying to get a bit of payback by tarnishing their brand more interesting is O'Reilly's use of legal terms like quote reasonable doubt quote and quote freedom of speech quote. He's claims that sponsors should be held to these legal standards when it comes to continuing to support TV shows. Of course, Bill seems to be forgetting that sponsors are private companies and concepts like reasonable doubt and freedom of speech are about protections that individuals have against government action. A private company or individual doesn't have to follow a reasonable doubt standard when it comes to how they want to spend their sponsorship dollars. Likewise, a sponsor's decision to hold back on spending money with a TV show is an exercise in the sponsor's own freedom of speech, not an attack on the show. Here, O'Reilly seems to be arguing for some sort of TV sponsorship welfare entitlement program for himself. The sneakiest and most brilliant part of O'Reilly's argument, though, is that he has muddied the water between his sexual harassment and his political opinions. The sexual harassment allegations had nothing to do with the content of his show. They were actions he took that exposed him and Fox News to civil and possible criminal penalties. Rather than just owning up to his bad personal behavior, O'Reilly positions the fallout as being an attack on the content of his show. It's a logical two-step that's jaw-dropping for its bravado. Wow, thanks Norm. O'Reilly was really on a roll this week. In addition to imagining new interpretations of free speech rights, he also demonstrated an uncanny ability to read the minds of public opinion poll respondents. Take a listen. New poll, Kaiser Health Tracking Poll. Kaiser's a big hospital concern across the country. 55% of Americans view the Republican-backed health care act negatively. 
Same proportion, 55%, want the Senate to make major changes to it. Okay. That makes sense. Because nobody knows what the Republican-backed health care thing is. <laughs> nobody knows. And it's incomplete because they had to only send a third of it over to the Senate and because of voting procedures. So Americans, once again, are right. We don't know what this is. How am I going to favor something I don't know what it is? It might be bad for me. On Obamacare itself, 49% now hold favorable views. I think it's more like 40% and half of that are people getting free health care. 49 seems high to me. 42% of negative views. Did you catch that piece at the end? He cited the data saying that 49% of Americans favor Obamacare and then just asserted that it was actually 40%. O'Reilly's tone made all the difference here. He used a casual tone, which made it seem that survey tabulations are just guesstimates and therefore his own guesstimate would be just as valid. This is a really creative use of data as a prop. Rather than just asserting a personal opinion, O'Reilly generates some credibility with hard data from a survey. Once he establishes a general aura of credibility related to the survey, he then elevates his own personal opinion alongside the survey data. He's not questioning the survey or surveys in general, he's instead saying he has a more accurate understanding of the real intentions of survey respondents. Those are some impressive mass mind-reading skills. And, finally, we wrap up with another story from Norm related to O'Reilly's deep understanding of the criminal code. Thanks, Tammy. If Donald Trump doesn't have Bill O'Reilly on his payroll yet, he sure does owe the man a box of those famous Trump stakes at a minimum. The Trump administration has been reeling in crisis mode after the president fire FBI Director James Comey. But, O'Reilly ignores all of Trump's problems and instead goes on offense against Comey. Take a listen. If Comey, in his conversation with President Trump, private conversation, that was a mistake for the president, by the way, if he felt that Trump was trying to put the arm on him to drop the investigation about Russia's collusion, whatever, alleged collusion, if Comey felt that, he had a duty, a legal duty, to make that known. Not writing a memo, putting it in his drawer, cover his uh, butt. That if he thought there was an obstruction play by the President of the United States, he had to report it. So Comey's in a tight spot. No, I don't think he I think he's gonna say, well, you know, when it came to the general and uh, Trump wanted me to be a little, you know, we'll probably get some of that. But the accusation that Trump tried to derail the entire investigation on Russia, I don't think so. Because then Comey himself's in trouble. Without citing any legal authority, O'Reilly imagines from whole cloth that an FBI director has a legal duty to report possible suspicion of obstruction of justice by the president. He then goes on with a real whopper to claim that if the director does not report his suspicions, he has committed a crime. It should be interesting to see how O'Reilly manages this set of claims in the coming weeks. Since when is it a criminal offense if you simply suspect someone of doing something wrong? The FBI is famous for spending years or even decades building cases against suspects before bringing charges. 
is O'Reilly saying that if Comey had a suspicion he had a legal duty to immediately initiate a case against Trump. In O'Reilly's interpretation, it seems there would be no scope for Comey to collect evidence and data in the form of notes in order to evaluate his suspicion. Thanks, Norm. O'Reilly had a lot great lies this past week, but fabricating a legal liability for James Comey takes the cake for sheer audacity. That's it for today's edition. If you like our show, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts and tell your friends. Also, please consider leaving us a review. It really helps.